What's up? Welcome to 49ers Coast to Coast. Grant Cohn, Jason DePonte's show, simulcasting live on both of our channels. If you would like to tip Jason directly, you can do so. Go to his channel. Uh, yeah, it's easy to do. Jason, how you doing? I'm great, and I'm actually relieved that I don't have to be the one in control of the comments and the Super Chats because it felt like a quarterback who was thrust into a position where he... Cover two, was, cover three. The lights were too big. The, the game was moving. You were seeing ghosts out there. Oh, you, 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 you pulled a Sam Darnold last week. Mm-hmm. Here we go. We're going to talk about Darnold. We're going to talk about Purdy. We're going to talk about Trey. Some beat writers we really respect and like very much saying some, some stuff. So we got to talk about it. Um, let's talk about Brock Purdy first, though, mm-hmm. because John Lynch went on KMBR this afternoon, gave an update. And there were a few things he said. He said, first of all, like there's a whole team of people working with Brock and they're in Arizona. And essentially they brought the team up to Santa Clara. So Brock and the people working with Brock are up here. And, the, you know, working under the supervision or at least near the Niners. So that's one thing. And I guess that's good. Uh, he's not throwing yet, but he's eight weeks out of the surgery. And in week 12, he is supposed to start what Lynch says, lobbing a football. And he says um, it's an indicator of where he's at, what he can do in four weeks. And also it, he's not going to be like throwing it full strength. He's going to be lobbing it. And he has to build up his strength, stamina reps, distance, all those things. Kind of what Jimmy did last year. If you remember, he was coming off a of shoulder surgery and he was cleared But he wasn't really practicing for a long time or himself. If you ask him, I think he might say he never was himself. So what do you think of this update from John Lynch? Um, I think it's it's more in line with the idea that they're trying to let you know that they believe that Purdy has a chance for week one. And I think that that would probably be best case scenario for them in this organization with the way that they've been speaking this entire offseason. You look around at certain players, quarterbacks, right, who have had this this type of surgery, and generally that's when they give you that that broad timeline of this many months to this many months because they want to cover all their bases. But when you listen to them speak, they kind of always gave you the indication that they believed that he was ahead of schedule. He was going to be fine, and he was going to keep – Once it was right after the combine, I feel like, where the – the pendulum swung to, yeah, we're, he's going to be all right, actually, because, you know, Mike uh, Mike Florio reported at the Combine that the 49ers were still sniffing around Kirk Cousins, which I absolutely heard that there as well, too. But that was just based in case. On the, right. That was based on the idea that Brock might have had Tommy John surgery. They still right. That was before the procedure. Right. Right. So they weren't right. sure when they found out and they got an optimistic timeline of his. Then they just said, all right, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We're just going to roll with our guy. So, yeah. again, like this feels like something that they've wanted, something that they're pushing for, and now something that kind of feels like a realistic possibility at this point when you look at how they're talking, the progression. He said that he's about eight weeks, nine weeks, and 12 weeks is when he's going to start. So, again, this is what they want. Let me disagree with you slightly. Sure. I don't know that they necessarily said, let's roll with our guy. I think they said, we don't need to do anything drastic, like go for Cousins, but we're going to get Darnold. And privately... We're going to tell everyone who wants to listen how good Sam Darnold is. So to me, it seems like it's a little bit of a hedge. Like bringing Kirk Cousins isn't a hedge. That's just throwing everyone out. We want yeah. Kirk Cousins. Bringing yeah. Darnold is a hedge, and you can play both sides. Like we like we like Brock. Brock's our guy, but he's just not ready yet. And have we told you? Have we told you about Sam Darnold? So to me, that's a little bit what's happening here. And also, I think what's happening is John Lynch's job is to project confidence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
It's not his job to come out and be like, God, I don't know about what Brock's going to be like when he comes. I mean, there's a possibility he might not play and he might not be this. Like, that's what I would do. You know, like what he's does is, is he goes up there like, oh, Brock's great, man. Brock's such a competitor. He's, com- he's just attacking this, this rehab and doing all the right things. Of course, we don't really know. But we, and so, I mean, I think his words are almost meaningless. His confidence is what he's supposed to project. And it's like, I, I fully expect to see Brock Purdy kind of doing what Jimmy did last year on a side field out there. You can see him, but not practicing. I feel like he's a long way away from that. And I, I think Lynch kind of said it in an upbeat Lynchian way. And the other thing is, is to kind of, not to push back on your disagreement, it's, it's more like what I meant by them rolling with the guy was we can give another year to Brock, right. see how he right. progresses. And Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent next year. Right. I totally so, agree. So yeah. why, so why right now would we, why? throw trade trade assets at him right now because if Brock Purdy unfortunately doesn't return to that level of play or if he unfortunately regresses or if the injury is more severe than they believe they always have that kind of in their back pocket that they can go back after Kirk because Minnesota is quite done with him so I mean it's just the 49ers the idea that year we're going to talk about this forever the idea that year eight of the Shanahan era would bring in the beginning of the Kirk Cousins era it's kind of amazing. As the founding member of the Shanna Stands, or no, it was only the Shans. only Shans, only yeah. Shans club. Would that be the final straw for you, Kirk Cousins? Or or are you are you still optimistic with with because you can't really write off Kyle. He's not a bad coach. No, he's not. He's flawed. Um, I again, like his track record right now is very good, especially when you yeah. consider that they've fumbled the quarterback position over and over. Right. I think that you can either look at this one of two ways. You can say it's impressive what he's done without a quarterback or why hasn't he figured out the quarterback position yet? So it's impressive how much he's fumbled that position. (laughs) uh, I mean, over and over. And and think about this, you know, uh, and we're going to talk about Trey Lance and everything. You know, when you think about what his development entailed and then when that development was needed, Kyle Shanahan looked around like, wait, he needs reps. He needs development. What are we doing here with this guy? I can't. Why didn't anyone tell me this? Like, dude, did you not read Lance Zerline's draft profile right there? So It's like he had this idea in his head of well, Trey Lance is going to sit for a year. And when he comes out the next year, he's going to be ready to go because he's sad. No, the young man needed reps. He still needs reps. And that was going to be a part of the process. The problem is, is that the timeline of drafting. Trey Lance and his development did not line up with what Shanahan was prepared to be patient with. And that's the weirdest part. We've heard stories about, you know, Lance is the most, you know, ready to play right away. No, it was probably Mac Jones. It's probably Mac Jones. If you wanted that, if you wanted a guy who was ready to go right away, no development, nothing like that. Mac was there for you at 12. But when the developmental quarterback and the guy who needed reps actually needed reps, Kyle Shanahan looked around like, what the hell's going on here, man? And and that's the part that doesn't. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Like that's the part that I don't get from him. I have a coach that I talked to, been talking to off the record for a decade plus, and I like to sort of bounce my ideas off of him. I kind of think of it as like reality testing. He was in the league for a long time. I can say who he is, but if my idea is stupid, he'll tell me. And back two years ago, I was trying to sell him on Trey Lance because I was in. I thought that was the kind of project you want to undertake. And he was skeptical, and, I, and he was like, look, I hear everything that you're saying, but even if you're 100% right about what he could become, aren't he and Kyle Shanahan on different timelines? Like, doesn't Kyle need to kind of win? 
Like, he can't miss the playoffs this year. He can't take a step back. Like, I just don't see it as actually a good fit. And I think that coach was right. Right. And yeah. usually, Grant, when a team is picking at the third spot, they're a bad football team. And yeah. they're a team that can allow bumps and yeah. bruises. No expectations. No, the Bears could Usually a coach in his first year. Right. Like, the yeah. Bears could take Justin Fields, let him play. Trevor Lawrence, go ahead, you know, knock yourself out, kid. Even Zach Wilson, go ahead, knock yourself out, kid, whatever it is. But the Niners did have to win. And there was a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan to immediately get back. And again, I mean, you can't really argue with the – you can argue that they didn't finish, but they made the NFC Championship game again. But that's what Jimmy – Because real quick, if, if people forget, if they had missed the playoffs in 2021 – that would have been four of five years missing the playoffs. Like, yeah. that's unacceptable. There was yeah. pressure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then now you look, and it's three or four years you're in the NFC right. title game, and you completely change the narrative around yourself. Now so, you can play Trey Lance. Now. <laughs> I just. It, did I, oh, Sam Darnold. I meant Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Yeah. I just, right. I have me. a problem with, unfortunately, this whole Trey Lance situation is going to be something that we're going to look back on if he does end up leaving the 49ers or whatever, and he moves on with his career. And we're still going to try to figure out where it went wrong. I don't necessarily blame the kid. I don't no. blame the kid. The kid needed to play. I think it went wrong before it started. It got right. like, when you hear the Colts say, Hey, you know, we, we understand it's a little risky with, we didn't say that, but we understand there's some questions about taking someone as green as Anthony Richardson. Well, we're not going to do what the Niners did. Essentially. We're going to play him. You're going to play him. And, and, and remember, Shane Steichen um, helped Herbert, helped um, Jalen Hurts. It, I think it's a good it's a good plan. The Colts aren't ready to participate in the playoffs right now. Fine. That's beautiful. But when you look at Trey Lance, we're going to look back at this and say, man, there is a world where maybe Trey Lance isn't a good quarterback, but we're never going to know for sure whether that's the case because I am not in the business of taking five games as a sample size and just saying that's it. And also – I am not in the business of just using practice and training camp as the way you can judge a Agreed. quarterback. Because if that's the case, the guy before him would have been fired a bunch of times because he was not good in practice at all. Agree. That's absolutely true. There's also a world where the Niners don't trade up and Trey Lance gets drafted by, say, the Falcons. Mm -hmm. And no one cares about football in Atlanta. And he just oh, goes man. there and is, you, did, they care you, about college football. Excuse me. They care about Saturday football in Georgia. Atlanta, that, that place is pretty electric. I, I thought they, I, I full thought of Niner fans. Football. I don't know. I was in the press box. You were out there. Um, yeah, that's the way like, I saw oh, it. Oh, no, I felt like a Niner home game to me. I didn't but what I was saying is, isn't, <laughs> isn't there a world where he just goes to Atlanta and plays on a bad team with Arthur Smith? And now in year three, he's good. Like that could have happened, but he got the team traded up for him. He went to drama central media darling Niners, ready to win it all, taking Jimmy's job. Jimmy's still there. I mean, it was just drama the whole yeah. time. If he had gone to Atlanta, it would have been, no one would have cared no. for the first two years. And that's, a, that's the thing is so many people have pegged the 49ers as the best situation for a quarterback because you watch them win games with other quarterbacks. Backups. They're just a quarterback away. But I uh -huh. would argue it was probably the worst situation for Trey Lance based on the timeline, based on that locker room, based on – the way that Kyle needed to win and he had to win. That's always going to be my biggest criticism of him right now is you still have not gotten this right. And the only thing that you're holding in your back pocket is Brock kind of bailed you out a little bit, right? Like with, with the last pick and Kirk Cousins is available next year. So if you want to write your wrongs, you can go, you can go on back.
we got to get to the next topic. Before we leave, uh, the, the, the final thing I think that the Niners learned with the Lance thing is you took a guy like Anthony Richardson who is inexperienced. Everyone knows he's inexperienced. And your solution to get him to develop him was to not play him. And you said that with a straight face and did it. And we were all like, wait, wait, wait. But he needs experience. And then you get to year two and they're like, we really like him. He says he doesn't have experience. It's like, well, yeah, well, right. And I just love hearing the Indianapolis Colts being like, you know, he, you have to play to improve. Right. Exactly. That's exactly and right. They they kind of looked at other situations in terms of, well, he just can sit for Mahomes. a year and the light bulb's going to turn on and he'll be fine. That's not how Mahomes played in college. Mahomes was just learning a new system. He wasn't learning Mahomes. how to play. Right. 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 Yes. right. Gammon Brown says, time to ask the hard-hitting questions. Tired of these softball questions. Who wins in a fight, Batman or Spider-Man? I love these questions. Let's start right there. Batman or Spider-Man? I got to go with Spider-Man here. He, is, he has superhero powers. I mean... Batman is just clever and rich, rich and yoked. Batman's rich. It's true. Spider-Man Batman. has no money. No, Spider-Man is like working jobs. Like yeah. Batman, give Batman 24 hours to prepare for Spider-Man and he's going to come up with a machine to completely neutralize him. Batman can beat the Flash in a race. That's true. Bat Batman Batman handles like villains like Spider-Man all the time. And like he, he has a plan for the Justice League. Every single That's member of the point. Justice League, if you ever want to pop off, Batman's got something for you. I'd never underestimate. Also, Spider-Man's like twenty. Right? Like he, he's not right. He's, like the classic Spider-Man is not that old. He's a, yeah. he's a big kid essentially. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good call. I just love Spider-Man as a kid. But no, I, I do. On that. I mean, you know, but I, I, I'm not gonna bet against Batman, man. I'm not. He got to play for. Oh, hold on. There was a second part of that question. I think yeah, there was. my cousin actually is a professional. Um, cartoonist for yeah. he he does like the storyboard boards for the marvel movies and when i was a kid uh he lives in new york or philly i would always be like so who would win in a fight scarlet spider spider-man is all freaking day and he would be you know <laughs> patient enough who was the best spider-man who was the best um, live action um i've only seen the original ones the sam raimi movies i haven't watched the newer Kobe. ones um, I'm not a big fan of Andrew Garfield. Um, I would probably yeah. say that the best Spider-Man right now, this is a little bit of a hot take, is uh, the Spider-Man from Into the Spider-Verse, the one from New Girl. The, he does the voice uh, of, I think he's really good. Uh, but if you're asking live action, it's Tom Holland. Okay. Um, Debo, Ayuk, Team Lance. Ayuk is. I think Ayuk is. I don't I think Ayuk Debo is, is uh, Team Debo, which is fair. <laughs> he's, which is he's fair. Team just give me the ball. Like, he knew yeah, he Team give me the, the damn ball. Over and over. Yeah. yeah. Batman can't beat a Rico case. Batman has money to make all of it go away, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. The Niners drafted Jair Brown, traded up for him, round three. It was an aggressive move. It's someone that they clearly like very much. I asked John Lynch after the draft, after round three, I said, safety to safety, what, what do you like about Jair Brown? And just no hesitation. John Lynch, Hall of Fame safety says, oh, he's a baller. And then goes into all the things he likes about him. You've spent a lot of time studying him. What makes Jair Brown a quote-unquote baller? It's the ball hawking skills. It's the way how, how fast he plays, right? Everybody mm. gets enamored with 40 speed, and they look at that, but then they can't translate that to the field, right? And Brown is somebody who can do it over and over. He's very versatile. He feels like a Jimmy Ward guy, right? Mm. Jimmy Ward wasn't the fastest but he wasn't going to give up anything over the top of his head. He's great in run defense. He can come down the slot and cover, I wouldn't say wide receivers, probably tight ends, or probably bigger wide receivers, slower wide receivers he'd be able to take care of. But what you're looking at right now is Steve Wilkes is going to deploy more of a, a single high look. 
how much of that is just going to be Hufanga up by himself or, or Gibson? You know, Hufanga can, can roam around, and he's much better when he plays fast. Brown and Hufanga kind of mirror each other in terms of play speed, how they play. They have the same sort of deficiencies, I guess is the best way to put it. At times right. they play a little too fast, run themselves out of the, the, the tackle. They're, they're a little too instinctual. Right. So you're playing too fast, right? Like you're, right. They, they, the idea is to get him in a spot where if you want him to blitz, send him. Don't let him think, go. Like, but if, if you have to decipher some things, that's where some things will come in. But Steve Wilkes is a secondary guy. This does feel very much like Steve Wilkes and John Lynch got together on this pick. And they said, this is what we're going to need going forward. So Sean Gibson's only here for one more. Kyle, game. you stay out of the room. You, oh, we'll get back to you. Me, me and Steve got this. Sorry. Yeah, I can exactly. only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. We're good. <laughs> no, but I, I, I love the way that he plays his physical, his physical nature. And, and the other thing that I really like, and this has nothing to do with the evaluation process, is I like when the 49ers identify somebody and they were like, yo, we got to move up and get this guy. And I feel. Got to work the board. Yeah. I, I can't let the board work were, you. They were convicted. You know, I don't know why John. Lynch <laughs> They were convicted in pick 99. I don't want to get into that. But moving up to 87 tells me a little bit more than pick 99 um, in terms of they had to make sure they got their guy. And I really enjoyed that about it. But he does fit. He fits uh, the physicality. He fits exactly what the 49ers want to do in ter- terms of versatility and what Steve Wilkes is going to use him for. I really love this pick, man. This is my favorite pick of the draft. It's a He's going to be good. He's going to be a baller. And I want to point out that I think a lot of fans know what players do at the Combine because it's on TV. But then they have pro days which aren't televised, but you can get the results on draftscout.com. And this guy, Jair Brown, did a full workout at the Combine, then went and did it again at the Pro Day and improved his 40 time. He went from 4.65 to 4.58. He took his vertical jump from 32 inches to 35. I mean, he's a really good athlete, and he's not as slow as you think. And when I was watching the film of him, what stood out to me is the blitzing. And what was interesting, like, last year, D'Amico... I don't really consider D'Amico's pressure packages that sophisticated, but the one he really liked to do was the Talanoa blitz. Mm-hmm. And I, for, you know, he would actually get Talanoa unblocked a fair amount. And I've never seen someone miss so many point blank shots as Talanoa. Like, how many times did he have to do dead to rights to the quarterback and just fall off the guy? So I, he'll figure it out. But now you got a guy in Jair Brown who I think is a better blitzer, straight up. Give me one second, because I think uh, you're hearing me through this and not this. The, the AirPods? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you through the, uh, that... the payphone at Santa Rita? Yeah, pretty much. Hold on. Give me San... one second. You can keep going. Me... Will yeah. you accept these charges? No. <laughs> yeah, See you in no three point. years, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I got it. I got it. This is bad TV right now. Yeah. I'm terrible. No, it's all right. Uh, all right. Better. I was going on about how, yes, I was going on about how good of a blitzer Jair Brown is, and it looks to me, not to put down Talanoa, it looks like Jair Brown is more yeah. advanced in this area. And that's the thing is, again, they're mirror images, ball hawks, right? You have the production with interceptions and everything as well, too. All of that stuff can be curbed. And it's the same thing kind of with the Drake Greenlaw and D. Winters um, comp, you know, it's guys who are fast, sometimes they need to slow it down. That's it. You can teach that, though. You got to control yeah. that aggression, and you got to be able to play within yourself but you don't want to but take how many guys how many guys can make plays on the back end and behind the line of scrimmage like not that many safeties can do all of that plays no. big no plays. that's the yeah. thing that's the thing is yeah. everybody's gonna have deficiencies but again it's up to them to put him in a spot to win but again like 
playing with controlled aggression, making sure that you're playing within yourself while finding a way to tap into what makes them special by playing so hard. It's it's that's the coaching part, right? Like that's the part of you don't want to take away what makes the guy special like Kufanga, right? You don't want to take away what makes Brown very good. You just want to control it and put him in a spot where he can can use that at the right time. And what's will be interesting is, you know, Tashawn Gibson is a really good player. And I think a lot of people are being like, well, you know, Dyer Brown is going to start over Gibson. Like, well, hold on. Like, that's, you know, I mean, he's a really good player. He should be used this year. But I think they mentioned there's three safety packages they can use. And with Brown, I think it'd be interesting on third down. Instead of using nickel, you could use dime. And you could take Dre Greenlaw off the field and bring Brown on. And I think he would give you everything Greenlaw gives in coverage. We'd also give you a little bit more in blitzing. I mean, there are things they could do with Brown in his rookie year before he usurps to Sean Gibson. I wouldn't be shocked if they're going to run a little bit more three safety. They will put him down in the slot in certain places. Maybe use him Big as nickel. an extra linebacker cover guy. Exactly. Exactly. That, so that's, there's a way to they don't have any like field. serious nickel they're invested in. Jimmy Ward's gone. Isaiah, Isaiah Oliver's, Oliver's good. Isaiah Oliver's good. You know, um, Samuel Womack, they should give him another shot. I really liked what I saw in a little bit that he was there, but I, I yeah. look, I did. I did, but it's no. Clear. I'm just saying, like you know, a new coordinator uh, comes in, brings in like eight new DBs. Like the writing's on the wall for him and Ambry. They better step up. Oh, Ambry's done, done. Uh, I mean, they they drafted done. another corner, and even last year, when guys got injured, like in that Atlanta game, right? Um, I think it was Mooney Ward left that game. They're literally turning to every corner but Ambry. They they put Womack outside, and and he gave up the touchdown to Pitts. Like they are literally going to every single corner except him. He's done. That's another great third round pick by the 49ers. Uh yeah, I, Jair Brown. I was I really like the Niners' defensive picks in this draft. Um, from him to Luter Jr. to D winners, like D winners and Jair Brown. I I almost have like no question that they're gonna be really good starters. I think Luter corner's tough, but I think he could be too. My question is Beal. I mean, I think it's the right kind of risk to take at the end of round five, but I I try to look up his highlights and there's nothing. <laughs> It's well, like a minute, and it's like him making a couple tackles against a run. And I understand they use him wrong and stuff, but like, is the upside there like rotation? Is he like Jordan Willis kind of project ish? Well, the thing is, is again, like you said, I don't know if they misused him, but they used him in a rotation, right? And and he right. didn't he didn't play every single down. Like he's not a guy that was right. on every down. I think what you're looking at when you look at Beal is you're looking at get off speed and how fast yep. he is. He's that speed rusher. Yep. He's so yep. I don't know if he's Jordan Willis. I think they're trying to find a cheaper version of D4 that they've been trying to replicate since 2019. And I think that if they can take a shot on a guy like that who has a great first step like he does, who has get off, who can get to the quarterback, and they use him sparingly, right? He doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires, right, as a kid. Right. Um, I think they are trying to replicate that, and I think that's what more Beal is than anything to them. And, you know, Chris, that's a Chris Kosurik pick. That's Chris Kosurik yeah, looking agree. around and, and just saying, this is the guy that I want. Let me get my hands on him. Let's fix him. Um, or let's let's coach him up. So I I and you know the GTFO rating, right? That's what they were saying. Yeah. They, they were calling it. Yeah. So that that's yeah. a concern pick. I think it's a good pick, and I think he's a good coach. I just think it might be a little unrealistic to expect a guy who wasn't a starter at Georgia to be to Chris for Chris Kasarik to be able to take that guy and make him the three down D end. I still feel like his future is as a rotational rusher, which is yeah. you know, those are important. Those are really it could important. Be, he could be yeah. a obvious passing down guy, you know, and, yeah. and, and if, if Drake Jackson can turn into a, a three down guy, that's great. Like, again, you're yeah. you're in that part of the draft, you're taking bets on traits and, and athleticism. Yep. And I and I yep. feel like Luter, Beal and Winters um, and Jalen Graham, by the way, all those guys, they feel like 
they have the traits that the 49ers have been looking for in every single one of those positions. Like with Luter, he's long. He, he has athleticism. Yep. Um, you know, Beal's fast. The same thing with Winters and, and the same thing with Graham. So it, it's so strange. As much as I dislike the last two picks of their first of the third round, mm-hmm. everything else really felt very 49er-ish. And it felt like that was – it made the draft much better for me after pick 99 and 101. I feel like the Niners are so good at drafting defense. Like they have, they've had the same scouts for a long time. The coaches, I mean, they, they really know what they want at every single position and they've gotten it wrong at enough of them to really like refine their search on offense. It still kind of feels like Kyle and his dad flying by the seat of their pants sometimes with who they need or who they want, but their defense, I mean, they're, they're very disciplined in what they get. Now let's talk about Sam Darnold. Okay. Let me get this because it's just amazing. Um, all right. Dear friend of both of us, really, I mean, I've known Matt Mayoko my whole life. I love Matt Mayoko like a member of my family. Straight off the bat, Matt Mayoko went off KMBR and talked about Sam Darnold and said some stuff that Jason and I happen to disagree with in a respectful way on a football level. Matty, if you're watching, it's all love. We just want to respectfully disagree. Hey, man, you put it out there. and we Thank you for putting it out there. Now we're going to talk about it. Love you, Matt. So he yeah. said... Go ahead. Go ahead. So, no, Go ahead. no, just I just want to say too, like Matt, if you're watching, you've been nothing but nice to me. Um, I you're think the, the world of you, man. You're you're, you're the awesome. greatest. You're nice. You have you've always been wise with your time and always giving me and you're good, good advice. At your job. And you're amazing at your job, by the way. Like that's it. I just want to make sure. And you, you and I appreciate you giving a take because I give takes all the time and I'm wrong a lot. So here's what you had. <laughs> he might be. Can I say this? The most talented thrower of the football that the 49ers have ever had. Whew. Let's just put him in the very high echelon of guys who can just drop back in the pocket and throw the football. I think that he hasn't really had any chance to succeed since his college days are over. I think he's had four head coaches in five years, five offensive coordinators in five years. He's a talented guy. Okay. The, the, I mean, the last stuff is all true. It's that first sentence. Mm-hmm. He said, can I say this? The most talented thrower the Niners have ever had. You can't say that. <laughs> no, what? Like, no. not even close. Not no. even close. I, I don't understand where Sam Darnold gets his perception that he's just super gifted. Kyle said it. He must be saying it off the record for, for Matt to say it, too. I mean, what do you think of Matt's assessment? Well, let's do the timeline. I mean, Kyle tried to give a first-round pick to the Jets. Thank God the Jets were like, no, thank you. Um, uh, yes. I mean, that's that's true. That's absolutely true. Was that 2020? It was right before he, he ended up in Carolina. Wait, they picked wait. up his fifth okay. year, and then they moved him on. But he was they, the Jets said no. The Jets said no to a first-round pick. Bonkers. Insane. Thank you, those Jets. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Um, I can understand talent. The talent has never been an issue with Sam Darnold. He has these throws that are on tape that you look and you say, my goodness. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. But then he has these mind-numbing throws that, for me, have nothing to do with your coach have nothing to do with the talent around you when you throw the ball into a linebacker's stomach. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with situation. There mm-hmm. are some throws on there that you can see, and you say that's what people saw in him at the number three pick. But there's not enough of it for me to change the fact that he has been poor for almost 55 games. And that's not situation. That's not coach. That's not. I think it's it's very easy to say. Well, Adam Gase, he's not a good coach, and he, yeah. Well, Adam Gase actually got Ryan Tannehill rolling. 
And you just forget that because it's so easy to throw it at the feet of Adam Gase. So easy to throw it at the feet of the Jets. What about the Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes over to Carolina. The last six games, this, this six-game stretch that everyone is holding up about Sam Darnold has to be the most laughable narrative out there. And I'm going to tell you why. He threw six touchdowns and had five interceptions. And in many of those games, if anybody watched, Ben McAdoo dumbed down the offense so much that there was no deep shots. He literally said, here's your intermediate throws. Throw it on DJ Moore. Throw it on to, uh, to um, or hand it off to Deontay Foreman. And they made it very easy for him. And the best that I came away with watching those six games over again was he was decent. Six touchdowns, five interceptions. And someone pointed out there were two games in which he had zero turnovers. So that means in four games, he had five turnovers. Yeah. Grant, I, Hold on, let's back look, up, man. though. Because May- May- Mayoko said in his defense is that Darnold's the most talented thrower of the football no. the Niners have ever had. And so, again, so the fumble issue not, is different. That's not wrong there. But that's, I, not, that's not wrong that he has talent. He's not the most talented. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what happened to Joe Montana and Steve Young? Like, my goodness, man. Like, they, they, yeah, exactly. Them? That's what I'm saying. Like, are, are we, are, are, are you, Joe Montana wasn't, wasn't a talented thrower of the football. Steve Young wasn't, those are two of the most accurate throwers of the football in the history of the human race. In the history of the world, Craig. The world, Craig. Not just. Okay, Santa Claus, Santa Claus jacket people. <laughs> the world, Craig. Are we kidding? Like maybe Sam Darnold has a stronger arm than Steve Young, but so did Jim Druckenmiller. This is a guy yeah. with a career completion percentage below sixty. Like, chill, Matt. I love you, Matt. But the other thing, let's talk about the fumbles and the turnovers. This went back to USC. You can't blame this all on the Panthers and the Jets. His last year at USC, he threw thirteen picks and fumble and lost nine fumbles in fourteen games. That's crap. And he yeah. did that in college, and he still got drafted third because the year before, he had he had one good year in 2016. That is the source of all of his hype. He wasn't even good his final year in college, not by, like, these standards. So I don't know. I don't get it. It's, again, it's the six-game sample size in which he played decent. Anybody who which tells he didn't you he lose. Was, right. Yeah. And anybody who tells yeah. you, oh, he was amazing, no. He wasn't. No, he was not amazing. No. If he was, if he was amazing, the Carolina Panthers would have kept him and <laughs> not replaced him. him with Andy Dalton, a rookie. Andy Dalton. That's Andy true. Andy Dalton That's what they is did. their starter. They said, "Yeah, you didn't do enough in those six games. We'd rather have the Red Rifle and draft a quarterback. Why don't you bring back Darnold and that quarterback? He's got red right? hair. Like, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's it's it's. You uh, need a different quarterback with red hair. Who's older than it's him? Ginger hypocrisy. It's ginger hypocrisy. It's, uh, but my it's, question but it's, is, this. it's telling. My question is this. With those six games, and Matt yeah. Mayoko is not saying this just because he wants to say it and get his hot takes off. Like, I really think that no. they believe that. They believe that in the building. They believe that. I, yeah, yeah, that's the thing about Maddie. He doesn't, and no disrespect, but I feel like people like Maddie, they don't necessarily make their money on takes. So if they have a take, they feel very confident in it, mostly because they're connected. They probably heard it. Heard in the, it. That's how the team feels, privately. Yeah. So yeah, he feels fine absolutely. saying it. That's my guess. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I yeah. feel the same way. When when Matt talks, I listen, but then I I I understand that there is a lot of his football acumen into He's it. But a lot of extremely informed. But at times it is more, it was more like he heard this. Okay. So yeah. six games in which Sam Darnold was decent. And yet that six game sample size outweighs right. the 49 other yeah. games in which he was. Can I curse on this program? 
dog shit in, in many of those games. Terrible at quarterback. Like some of the worst throws I've ever seen. And yet the narrative is now I can't wait to see what Sam Darnold does with Kyle Shanahan and these weapons. And after five games with Trey Lance, you never hear anything about that. And that's more concerning to me because six games should not weigh 49 and five games shouldn't be when you get to the right. end of your discussion and your evaluation with Trey Lance. So here's where the logic falls apart with Darnold. People are basically saying without saying he hasn't been given a fair shot. He hasn't been given a fair shot. And they'll list all the excuses, right? All the coaches, all the coordinators. And there's truth to that. There but is. if you're going to stand Sam Darnold next to Trey Lance and say, which one hasn't gotten a fair shot? Sam Darnold, with his 55 career starts in suboptimal circumstances, or Trey Lance, who's getting thrown out of town after three and a half games? Would you tell me who hasn't gotten a fair shot? How is that even a, a question? It's obvious. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold has gotten more than a fair shot. He's, yeah. he's, gotten, he's had two teams invest in him. Yeah. He's had like nine Panthers. lives in the league. The Panthers traded for him. Yeah. Now, when you talk about the situation with coordinators and all that stuff, usually when quarterbacks perform poorly for their entire career, they don't just wake up one day and they're good. Alex mm -hmm. Smith, cool. You guys want to point to that one? I know that's what you're, I know that's what you're probably saying sure. in the comments. Alex Smith, cool. One. Geno Smith, cool. Two. Steve Young, cool. Three. Every single other quarterback that has been bad, no matter where they've been, has stayed bad. Unless Gino wasn't as bad. Gino wasn't as bad as Sam Darnold. Sam, I mean, Sam no, Darnold was no, really bad. They they just got rid of Gino, and Gino became a journeyman. Like at the end right. of, at the end of the day, when it comes yeah. to that. But my thing is, is I dislike when people point to like the three quarterbacks who turned it around and leave out the. 67 other quarterbacks who were terrible and never were good, even though they were talented, right? Like, I just, I, and, and again, I'm also Alex Smith, up. he turned it around, but he wasn't ultimately good enough. Alex Smith was a fine quarterback, fine, fine, a fine yeah. quarterback, fine but quarterback. he was never he gonna win a Super Bowl. He never turned it into like this electric, like, the, Steve Young's the only person who went somewhere, was, was with the Tampa Bay Bucks, he was terrible, and then turned into one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. I feel Gino confident Smith. saying on the record right now on camera that Sam Darnold will never, ever, 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 ever be Steve Young. I I would take money on that bet as well. Um, and then with Geno Smith, Geno Smith had a very good year. But now he's got to do it again. So huh? was last year an aberration? You know, I'm we'll happy see. for him. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. So I just like when people point to, well, Alex Smith did it. Geno Smith did it. Okay. It's doable. But points to the other people who never were anything when they were terrible. Like in the, you in know the what I like to people be like, hey man, let him play with Christian McCaffrey. He did he play did. with Christian McCaffrey. You know who didn't? Trey Lance. <laughs> exactly. That's I feel like every argument people make to say, hey, don't rush to judgment on Sam Darnold. It's like, okay, but why don't you follow your own advice with Trey Lance? That's don't rush it. to judgment on Trey Lance. Hey, what are you talking about? That's it. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. look, Grant. Maybe there is a really good quarterback in there in Sam Darnold, right? It's possible. There's, in the range of outcomes. Or one that has that doesn't suck as much as we think he sucks. Exactly, right? So there is yeah. a world where Sam Darnold is good. There's a world where Trey Lance might not be good, right? Yeah. But you people dismissing 49 games of Sam Darnold. and Not saying, to mention well, his I, final year at USC. And, yeah, and that too. And then with Trey Lance, it's ah, I, I, books written, get him out. Like I, I can't. I, and then did you see him at training camp? Well, you didn't. 
uh, you know, whoever's saying that you didn't either, like at this point, and you could say that he was inconsistent, which he was, but he needs reps. So I am, this is the case of sample size. And I think a lot of people tell on themselves when they jump into the whole, I believe in Sam Darnold, even though I have this large amount of sample size that is showing me that he's not good, but I am done with Trey Lance because he showed me in four or five games that he needs some work and I don't think he'll ever be good. You kind of tell on yourself. If you are trying to get more information on Sam Darnold, then you should feel the same way about Trey Lance. That's what I'm tell saying. you something. So, like, to me, the next G uh, Geno Smith in the league is not Darnold. It's Jameis. Like, Jameis, baby. If you want to compare those two, like, they're both turnover machines. Very questionable decision-making. Uh, both have turned the ball over a lot. But Jameis Winston has thrown for 5,000 yards. He's thrown for 4,000 yards two other times. He's thrown for... 33 touchdowns in a season once and 28 touchdowns in a season once. Sam Darnold has never thrown for more than 3,000 yards. He's never thrown for more than 19 touchdowns in a season. He's never had the highs that Jameis has had. He's only had lows with a lot of turnovers, like losing play. I don't get but it. That's, He's not that's Adam Gase. That's all Adam Gase and Matt Rule's fault. I mean, they're the ones yeah. throwing the ball to, right. to linebackers right. and safeties and right. corners. Like they're, they're the but Jameis doesn't that. have excuses, right? Jameis, and what else is funny is you want to talk about situation. Before he got injured and before Sean Payton left, he was playing his he was best football he and, was he wasn't, and not he wasn't just over. airing it out. Like it wasn't like when it was with Bruce Arians, everything was just, you know, no risk and no biscuit, just Bombs throw away. it. Yeah, and Todd Monken in that offense, it was just throw the ball and it doesn't matter. Mike Ev Mike Evans down there somewhere, he'll go and get it. But so this does lend itself to a little bit of situation. But again, if we're gonna bet on who I'd rather have here. I would absolutely rather have Jameis Winston than Sam Darnold. Um, and, and I would absolutely rather take a chance on his skill set because I've seen more, even though a lot of it is bad as well, too, with Jameis. I've seen more from Jameis than I have yeah. from Sam Darnold. Like, it's not even close. Um, all right, we got to move on. But before we do, my final take here on what Mayoko said is if the 49ers are really walking around the building this offseason and whispering that they have brought in a quarterback – who has the best skill set that's ever been in that building? Shame on them. Come yep. back to the real world, please. Yep. Join us on the real world. I don't know that, what the hell you're thinking. That's another thing is with Kyle that I, I have a gripe with. When he has tunnel vision on a player, no matter what it is, wide receiver, quarterback, whatever, they can do no wrong, and that's it. I love this guy, and he's he's my guy. That's why you take C.J. Beathard in the third round. That's why you know you you get into your into all of these you know Jalen Hurd over Terry McLaurin. Like you yeah. get tunnel vision on what you think this player is, and you lose sight of the the other um, circumstances and other players around them. So, and it's crazy who he develops these like you know, crushes on. It was Brian Hoyer. It was CJ Beathard. It was never Jimmy. Doesn't really feel like it was ever Trey. Now it's Darnold? Like, really? Freaking Darnold? Like, you're the same guy who loves CJ Beathard, man. Why don't you chill? Have some self-awareness and relax. One more Come thing on. that Kyle said that kind of bothered me, too. There's a reason he was taking number three about Sam Darnold. What's Blake Bortles was taking number three. What's the reason? You took number What's three, Trey Lance. What's the reason? Yeah, exactly. How do you pivot? Everything you're saying about Trey, uh, Sam Donald applies doubly to Trey Lance, and you think we don't notice? Dog. And that really that really got me mad at the owner's meeting when yeah. he said that. Like, yeah. how dare you talk about number three pick when you had the number three pick and you have him in your build? Like, just come You on. traded up for him, too. Oh. Mark Lamar says, Niners would trade up for Ant-Man because he fits the system and pass on Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man. Hey, Ant-Man took down the entire Justice League. I liked Ant-Man. Ant-Man's a good movie. 
Hold on. Mark is absolutely right because he's talking about tunnel vision with Kyle. Uh, Kyle, uh, well, you know, um, I, I like Ant Man's Moxie, and you know, he, yeah, he's, uh, like it's he just, fits my, he fits what we want to do. He fits what we want to do. He, you know, and uh, we got a lot of confidence in him, and uh, you know, he's a great football player, and I just think that uh, he's, he's, yeah, you know, he's been cast the biggest in the, guy. End of the Avenger movies. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> he's not the biggest guy, but he's you know got that dog in him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Flave <laughs> says, if you put a high school quarterback in practice with the Niners, do you think you could tell that Brock is better, or would you need to see him in sixteen games first? I think Brock would be better than a high school quarterback. I don't think anybody's saying that he'll be bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, this is the thing about the league, right? And I'm not telling anybody to not be optimistic about Brock Purdy because how could you not be? He was so good in those eight games that they won. You know, he technically, any game that he started and finished, they've never lost, right? Right. Um, But, you know, you do want to see it happen again. You do understand that this league comes at you fast and that and that people figure things out and, and you know, you, you want to make sure that he can do it again. But I, I'd have more confidence. I, I, I understand exactly why the 49ers are going to roll with Brock Purdy, because he does deserve at least that beginning shot to see if he can duplicate what he did last year. I just think it's funny that Kyle's on the record saying that the thing about backup quarterbacks is they can play well for a stretch. You can win with them for a stretch, but. Either they get injured or the league fix them, f- figures them out. Like, okay, you've built He's, this super team. You don't spend on quarterbacks. Like, you're built to be able to win for a stretch with your backup. You're built that way. Then you do it, and he gets hurt, and you're over there having like a, you know, like a, 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 a you know, a, a conundrum. Like, you don't know. Like, you should know. That's your backup. Keep looking. I love you. I love you, Kyle. But my God, the things that you say sometimes can be thrown right back in your face. Like all the time. He literally said. You know, that's the thing about backup quarterbacks. When they play, they end, end up getting exposed. So you believe that that might happen with Brock, right? That's why I've never been – I've never really been sold on this whole idea of them just trying to get rid of Trey Lance. They clearly right. want to move forward with Brock. But for a team that just had four quarterbacks injured, you think that the likeliest scenario and the and the smartest thing to do is to subtract quarterbacks because Brandon right. Allen's in town now. I don't <laughs> understand that. I, I don't understand that part. No, I think Kyle understands what we think about – I think Kyle probably agrees with us about Brock. Great guy on the team, under contract, not going anywhere, but not necessarily the franchise quarterback. So the search continues. And then where he lost me was the Sam, the Sam Darnold thing. That's where he lost me. But yeah. I, up until then, I totally agreed with him. Randall Riley says his last six games with the Panthers, he had a 48.5 QBR, which <laughs> sucks, according to Randall Riley. I think, yeah, the um, technical term for that is sucking. True. Sorry. Nathan? Says I have a feeling Sam Darnold will beat out Trey and start week one. Much more experienced, stronger arm, more speed, stronger arm, more speed. He will thrive in Kyle's system. Wow, I didn't know that that he had a stronger arm and more speed than Trey. I don't know. Is he I more mean, red or hair? Yeah, I mean, does he have the beard? Is the beard cooking? Like, I mean, that helps. He man. is does have the beard now. All right, so that's you know that kind of helps. Um, it does help. Know, the world needs ball know. security, Craig. <laughs> they need security in the world, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bishop BNA Music 88. <laughs> Jameis' skin is too brown for some fans to think oh, logically. Oh, whoa. Wow. Damn. Damn. The thing is, I, I don't understand why Jameis didn't get a look. He has to just be a backup for Derek Carr. Like, that's the next Geno uh, to me. So obvious, but League didn't see it that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. All Shout right. Shout out to my guy, Andrew Pasquini. He's been banging the table for him a long time. He threw for 5,000 big... yards in a season. Sam Darnold will never, ever do that. Okay. The Niners, uh, the only person they have more confidence in than Sam Darnold right now <laughs> is Colton McKivitz. You ask them about right tackle and they give you this look like, why would you question us? Like mm-hmm. Colton McKivitz is proven, baby. We won a game with him in 2022. 
We won a game with them in 2021. What more do you need to know? We can win with Colton McKivitz. Where does all this confidence come from? I don't know, but I will say this. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on this one because yeah. we had similar questions about Jake Brendel. Jake Brendel has we started did. three games, and he was, was fine. He was, he was fine. Good. He played all Didn't 20 games. Game. Didn't yep. miss a game. He was fine, man. And you, and good. you have to expect, even at age 31 with only three games, he has a chance to continue to build on that. So I'm going to give them the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Last last offseason, last offseason, we set our watch to two things. Left tackle, right tackle. You know what both of them are. You know Trent's the man. You know what Mike is. But what's Banks, Brendel, and Burford going to be? Correct. And that kind of – that didn't look as the bad. Three-fifths of the offensive line or question marks? That's, that's no way right. for a Super Bowl contender. Interior. Yep. All yep. interior, right? And all of them have basically the same amount of experience. Right. So that kind of worked out well. I think yep. at least in this instance, they have earned the benefit of the doubt with the right tackle thing. But having they have a great said offensive that, line coach. Yes. Chris Forrester is great. Having said that, though, Grant, at pick 99, Blake Freeland is there for you. And do you know who Blake Freeland is? You would have loved, you would have loved this pick if they would have took him, Grant. Blake Freeland. He's Big Mike. He's Big Mike. He's Big Mike he's, in round three, though, which is where you can thing. take Big Mike. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So, like, yeah, you know, everybody railed on Mike McGlinchey because of where he was taken. Exactly. But Blake Freeland is exactly what he is. Great in the run game. Athletic can get to the second level. Has issues in pass pro. But at pick 99. Little high cut. Little high cut. Yeah. Little light. And he, and he, and he pad, levels, pad levels a problem. Yep. Fine. Okay. Yep. But at yep. pick 99, you can deal with those bumps and bruises. As opposed yeah. to pick nine. And no one's mad that you took that guy with that limited skill set in round three. That's where you take right tackles. Right. And he fits exactly what you want to do. Like, it would have right. been glove in hand, right? The other question is this, though. Yeah, they like McGlinchey. They were just embarrassed they took him top ten. That's it. And then, Straight and up. Then they realized, and then they realized his bag was going to be too big and they weren't going to pay that. Exactly. Exactly. The thing is, is this, though. Are the 49ers acting like none of their offensive linemen have a chance of getting injured? Because That's Matt my Pryor, question. Matt Pryor... Yeah bad no um no and if, if push come to shove and matt Pryor has to play i would rather see feliciano win that in the right guard and then move burford yeah. out to right tackle exactly that's the but problem with, can you win if mckivitz isn't on the isn't on the field what if right. trent williams or mckivitz misses a game who's your swing tackle you don't have one that's the thing right like and again yeah. so this whole draft this this whole draft has been justified by many people including the 49ers well we don't have needs as starters mm-hmm mm-hmm but what about depth? Right. What about so? Okay. About, so Nick Nick Zakel better be good then. You he bet you better trust Nick Zakel. That's what I'm saying. Like again, like depth is important, and you had yeah. a chance to address it with a high higher upside pick, but you took a yeah. kicker. And then you took a blocking tight end. No disrespect yeah. to blocking tight ends out there, but offensive tackles are harder to find. And Ladu should have went way later. Like I I, right. I have bigger I have way bigger um hopes for Braden Willis. Way bigger hopes. For right. Him. Yep. Um. But my thing is is this look. When you get into this game of drafting because you don't have a need and you don't go best player available and you aren't trying to address your roster over and over again in certain spots, which they did at the end of the draft. So I don't want to, I don't want to. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Look at, look at what Philly and Seattle just did. Now stay with me because Philly and Seattle have high picks. They have first rounders who goes to the Super Bowl and then has a top 10 pick. The Philadelphia Eagles do. That's right. Yep. They lose Hargrave. Okay. Jalen Carter has um, questionable off-the-field stuff, but he falls to them. Could be really good. 
another cornerback, another safety, Sidney Brown, another edge rusher, Nolan Smith. Yeah. They reloaded with cheap talent. Now, again, you don't play games on paper. You don't play them on paper. But my but goodness, depth man. depth is not an issue for the Eagles. Not at all. And, you, and you're no. looking at a team that is replenishing their roster in case yeah. guys lose, you know, to, to bigger contracts, things like that. Because Jalen Hurts' contract doesn't toll this year, really. It's next year. No. When it really and meanwhile, meanwhile, the Eagles did not take a step back. I mean, they no. they they held serve like the Niners did, right? But they had higher draft capital to invest. They did it yeah. the right way. They yeah. they continued to replenish at the spots that they needed to. And again, they're not like we were in the Super Bowl. We'll just take a kicker. Screw this draft. Like no, right, right. Like, no, no. That kicker pick was so arrogant. Arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> just it like just, Wisnowski four years ago. We're good. It's There's just, no one who could possibly help us down the line. Like, okay, you just passed on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Max Crosby, Tony Pollard. Like, dude, there's good players in round four. Look at all the players you get in round five. You passed on Blake Freeland. You passed on Isaiah McGuire, who's an edge. You passed on um, wide receivers. You passed on corners. You passed on Keely Ringo. Yeah. Um, I, I, you passed on four to five guys who are definitely going to be better than the guys you took. We just don't know who exactly they are yet, but we could probably guess. That's my thing is – so with this McKivitz thing, and I see at 99, you see Blake Freeland sitting out there, man. And Dewan Jones was on the on the board as well, too, from Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, I understand that there's a story out that, that he's telling people at the Combine that he, he wanted to play in the NBA. Yeah, Hey, I, that's but, what I heard about Armstead. No one cared. Armstead's first love was basketball, too. Are people going to hold that against him? Who keeps playing football now? It's just, my thing is, is I don't want to keep talking about this pick, but I really do feel like if they would have taken any position that was an actual football player, even if it was a player that I didn't agree with, I still would have been okay with it because you're investing in talent and actual football players. Right. And that's what they had to do with this pick at 99 or 101. Blake Freeland yeah. would have been perfect. You could play McKivitz this year. You don't have to start Freeland. You can yeah. let him develop if you think he has issues with pass pro, which he does. Yeah. But you give yourself depth. And you give yourself a chance to have a starting right tackle for year after year instead yeah. of having a two-year guy with McKivitz. Like, it just – it, that, that that pick will never make sense to me. I don't care who tries to justify it. Not John Lynch, not Kyle, not anybody. No one will be able to justify that pick for me. None. Right. They're, they're in a position where either Nick Zakel becomes his do-it-all swing tackle or uh, Jalen Moore is the backup left tackle and Matt Pryor is the backup right tackle. Good Lord. So – they made their bed. They seem okay with it. We'll see what happens. Battle Beast 19 says BP is a poor man's Tua. Tua hasn't lost a game. He started and finished. He also took Jalen Hurst's job. Just a random thought. BP stock down this year. Wait, didn't Tua lose to the Niners? He got smacked, dude. So yeah. hard. And I felt yeah. like Tua, his confidence ev evaporated like on the field. You could see it go. I haven't well, seen that from Brock yet, but well, the thing is, is in that game because I had to watch it again because I got the, uh, the the Miami Dolphins offensive manual. There were so many drop passes in that game. Nobody oh, was trying at least to help five, that four out. or five. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. true. Official BNA Music eighty eight says Sam Darnold equals seventy seven point two rating, thirty six hundred seventy yards, sixteen touchdowns, sixteen interceptions in eighteen games. Teddy Bridgewater ninety two rating, thirty seven hundred yards, fifteen touchdowns, eleven ints in fifteen games. Yeah, man, Sam Darnold's had a million chances. What about Teddy, what about Jameis? Those are poor those Sam. Are guys Why isn't actually... anybody thinking of Sam? Why aren't you thinking of Sam uh, and, and his fair shot, uh, Grant? What? Why? Poor Sam. Something no one has ever said. Poor Sam Darnold. To, except for Frank Gore, who thinks he's really good. Sorry. No legit reason to hate Trey. Alternative, alternative motives. Again, I think it comes back to, remember, there's a, there's a very dedicated Jimmy Garoppolo fan base. 
Jimmy took a lot of ridicule from his own fans. Those fans took it personal, and they've been waiting to pay it back for years. So that's what it is. And if you ask them, they'll be, they'll tell you, yeah, that's what it is. Don't dish it if you can't take it. That's what you know they'll what say. I love? You know what I love? What? I, I have a popular sentiment on Twitter. It's possible to root as a 49er fan for each for of these quarterbacks to be successful, right? Like, I, I don't, yeah. don't want to see Sam Darnold play poorly for the Niners just so I can say, oh, ha, ha, I told you he sucks. Yeah, but then if the you're not, fans, like, you would want to be wrong about Sam Darnold, right? Because you root I, I, for the I, team. I'm good with that, but then Jimmy, yeah. with, the Jimmy fans are like, now do Jimmy. I'm like, well, he's a Raider, so I don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> so and you're a Raider <laughs> fan now too, right? Uh, Jorge, yeah, not like you, he, but them. Not me, but yeah. I mean, yeah, if, follow if your you, guy. Again, the same thing. Won't somebody please think of Jimmy Garoppolo? Come on, dude. It, it, it's it's calm down. Like it's 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 fair criticism at times. Jorge Luis Sotelo says, greetings from the 305, gents. Great to see you talking Niner stuff together again. Oh, yeah, let's go. Live from the 305. That's Miami, right? Because I know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I really enjoy Miami. People from the West Coast don't know the first thing about Miami. When people Miami's from the West awesome. Coast go to play, places to, you know, to get warm, it's Hawaii or Mexico. And Miami is fun. I, I've, it's like the Caribbean. It's really tight. Highly recommend it. Miami is where the gangsters from New York go um, when they're retired and they go to live, man. There's a big New York contingency in Miami. I love going down there. Uh, at the time that I would tell you to avoid, it's probably Memorial Day. That's uh, that's probably when it's like it's overrun. But you've been to Miami. I was there for the Super Bowl. Wasn't there, was there, there like a Lil Wayne song on like Father Like Son where it's like the, the chorus is gangsters don't die. They get heavy and they, they move go, to Miami. And that's, J- and that's yeah. Jadakiss's line. That's Jadakiss's line. Oh, okay, okay, which, okay, okay. Which okay, I'm, yeah. I'm sick that Jadakiss uh, Bonds didn't get signed because we would have had so many good uh, jokes. So much that, fun. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they'll get Styles P. <laughs> but look, this Sheik Luch, um, you know, erasure that you're doing here, like I don't, I don't like, Sheik. I don't like it. Yeah, Sorry, I, don't, I, don't I can't like even pronounce his name so. right. Yeah, I know. I'm a I big know, Styles P guy. I feel like he never got enough credit. My my Menacing, take that's unpopular. Back. My my take that's unpopular with Styles early on in his career with his first few albums was that his discography was better than Jada Kiss's, even though Jada Kiss is the better rapper, in my opinion. That you know, whatever Styles that means. For, I'm a Styles, Styles guy. Styles' first few albums are fire. Like, you know, so Gangster and the Gentleman, Time is Money. Like, those are those are really good albums. So good. And then, then Super Gangster and all those albums. Jada, Kiss the Game Goodbye hasn't really aged very well. I feel like Kiss of Death is his, his best album. Jada is the better rapper, in my opinion. But I think Styles has made better music in the beginning. That's how New Yorkers think, though. Like, for New Yorkers, rap is very, like, almost like a sport. Like, he's better. He's Hell more yeah. technical. Like, on Hell the yeah. West Coast, it's like, I like, I like his delivery. I like his flow. I like his style. Hey. Like... I will say this, you know, yeah, my new favorite rapper right now. And I know we're, we're away from 49 and stuff is Larry June. I know you're going to say that. Yeah. I love Larry oh, I June's music, dude. I mean, and that album that he just put out with Alchemist is a banger. It, it, every single song on that is dope, man. Shout out to Larry June, man. I, again, I like Alchemist. I Alchemist. Been around a long time. Long time. Goated. Love Alchemist. Goated. Yep. He made that, what, that, that uh, album with uh, D-Block, which was like yeah. Jada Kiss. Who was in D Block? Jada Kiss and who? Jada Kiss, Style Chic. That's the locks. J Hood was the other guy that was outside um, with the locks, and then they had they had a bunch of like you know random guys that, that were there that didn't last too long. the 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 core of D Block is the locks, but it was J Hood, and now they're not cool anymore. And I I implore anybody to watch uh their their beef um what is it history um on YouTube because it's pretty funny. We are D Block. Mighty, mighty D. <laughs> Flave says Trey average QBR uh, of forty one point one is full in his three full starts. Darnold's forty five QBR, but on a team that sucked and traded away. They're only good players with an interim coach. I don't know. Confused why people think Trey is better. I don't know. This what was Steve Young's? Point. No, but this is the point. This is this is. Th- I'm so glad this comments up. 
this is yeah. the point. Three full starts. Yeah. I don't know why you think Trey is better. The whole idea is we need to see more of Trey. We don't need to see more of Darnold. I know what Darnold is. We don't know what Trey is. Trey could be bad. Yeah. Trey could be good. Yeah. But there's no way no, you're you going to tell me. After- you can't judge a handsome young quarterback like Sam Darnold after 55 starts. It's just not fair. Now, I mean, he, now he I'm making it time. rain. I'm making it rain jerk like Trey Lance. Three's enough, dude. He needs go? more time. He needs more yeah. time. Um, you know, 55 is not enough, man. Let's give him another 50 starts before we can figure that out. So <laughs> let's wait till he's 35. Jimmy couldn't stop Mahomes. The D had to and failed. Jimmy couldn't stop Mahomes. Mahomes. The D had to the and D failed. had to and failed. Um, yeah, Jimmy definitely could not stop Mahomes. Jimmy tried though. Just couldn't play did. defense. It's gonna be funny when Trey has an MVP level season. See, all right. So look, Battle Beast, and I like your your um your avatar as well, too. This is the type of hyperbole I want people to stay away from on both sides, right? What we're doing with Trey Lance, what we should be doing is gathering information. And that's the problem with the whole 49ers quarterback situation. Let me sum it up with all three guys. Brock, he makes plays like Mahomes, and he's already on his way to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Joe Montana 2.0. Yeah, Trey's Trey's done. Let's move on from him. Yeah, Sam Darnold just needs a little bit more time. He could be really good. Yeah, those are the extremes. He could be better than Brock. He's these are the extremes. With yeah. Brock and with Trey, what you should be doing is gathering information. Still, you can be excited about Brock. Eight games, he was incredible. I'm not going to take that away from him. He absolutely deserves to get the quarterback one reps. But there needs to be more that you need to see. Plenty of players have done well for eight games, ten games, and never done anything. I'm not saying that that's where Brock's destined for, but let's pump the brakes, and then let's pump the brakes on just dismissing Trey Lance after five starts. Because you think you know something that nobody else knows. It's just, it's strange to me. You should be having your pad out and gathering information. When I just you get feel to like a large enough sample size, you, you'll sorry. get to it. No, you're good. The, the, the guy who says, chill on Sam Donald, you don't know. Like, that's a legit take. It is totally legit take. It but is. I feel like that same guy should be like, double chill on Trey. <laughs> For right. all the reasons I just said about Sam, right. like you really got to stop writing off these young guys. Sam's 25, Trey's 22, chill. Like Joe didn't even break out until he was 25. Like these guys come in the league at 21, they get thrown away by 24. That's a legit take. But to, to be like, hey man, Sam Darnold hasn't gotten a fair shake and screw Trey Lance is a little strange. <laughs> a little That's strange. my thing. It's almost yeah. everything that people who are defending Sam Darnold and, and, and what he can be, you need to use that in the same way that you're talking about Trey Lance. Like, you're literally and, but telling But people say it's like, well, well, Sam, uh, Trey, Sam's been in bad situations. And Trey's had everything handed to him. Has Trey been in a good situation? We talked about that, man. Yeah. He's been, unrealistic expectations have been thrust upon him. He's been in a situation where he had to be better than vets right away. You weren't, there was no patience with Trey at any point when the book on him was, hey, you gotta be patient. No Kittle in week one in Chicago. No Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, McCaffrey came um, in the middle of the season, and he made everybody better. Look at look at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers with that as well, too. The one time I'm he just, had a full game with Elijah Mitchell, he won. The one time. Right. I'm just I'm just trying to. This is my my overarching point. The rush to judgments are insane, and it should be about gathering information. Unfortunately. I don't believe Trey Lance is in the right situation where they will give him that opportunity, especially if Brock's ready in week one. So I well, like, they better hope that that dude doesn't land somewhere where they give him the right opportunity and he turns into the oh, next. Oh my! Young all right. Because do you want to know what the last? Then you'll be the Buccaneers. Be? Do you want to know what the last draw would be? 
with the what? with this organization in the quarterback position is if they get yeah. rid of Trey Lance, and Trey Lance it develops into what they thought he would be at, at three. That would at be that the last point. Draw. It would probably the even draw. the Yorks would have to be out. Be like that would be the last straw. That you, would be gave it. you ten I mean, you years. Bungled, yeah. You bungled the quarterback yeah. position so badly that Trey Lance turns into the guy you thought he would be on another team. That's embarrassing. and you had him in your in, in your in your facility for years and you didn't see it. Too. And you know what's you. funny? You know what's funny? I mean, everybody knows I wanted Justin Fields, right? Um, right. But what I was saying about the evaluation process and what we were gonna know about these guys, Mac, Justin, Trevor's that guy now. Like that's it. Like we, he's good. He's out of here. Like we don't have to talk about him anymore. Was it was a three year thing? I hmm. said you're gonna have to give them three years. Well, Justin Fields just had his best season, even though he's not really you know where he needs to be passing. He actually made plays, and let's see if he takes another leap. Mac had an up and down season last year. He's going into year three. We have sample sizes on both of them. I think the most frustrating part for 49ers fans is this is year three with Trey Lance. So we still are asking the same questions about it's essentially year one. It is, it is, yeah. and and they are yeah. not gonna give him the time, unfortunately. I just I, I dislike that for him. Yeah. Well, but again, the Niners, they have their plans. There's there is what the Niners want to happen, and this is what happens. Like the Niners didn't know Brock Purdy was anything. They wanted mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo to replace Trey Lance when Trey Lance went down. And then when Jimmy Garoppolo went on a run, there were reports that the Niners might give him an extension. I mean, there's a world where Jimmy's on this team right now with a fat extension because they didn't know that Brock Purdy was good. And then they found out and they're like, oh, wow, we knew it the whole time. You didn't. The revisionist you history. Didn't. Grant, let's, let's do a little memory lane real quick on um, Brock Purdy. So I went to training camp every single day. Yes. You did too. So did I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's say set the scene. Trey Lance is taking all the first team reps. Nate Sudfeld's right after. Jimmy Garoppolo's running back and forth on the other field. And <laughs> certain days, Brock Purdy would get two reps. Four, five. Reps. Okay. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. But there's this overarching narrative somehow, Grant, as if you and I weren't he there and everybody else was he there. He was, he was, he was dynamite training camp. Lights out. He threw the what? first interception. He threw the first interception in training he camp. He, he he barely got reps on certain days. Some days I didn't even know he was there. Right. But this whole narrative about training camp is so ridiculous because it's not even close to being true. My take. That's why I told Brett, that Brett dude to shut up. I was like, dude, you were there for three. I, I didn't even know he was there. But he was like, no, yeah. I was there for three days. Okay, shut up, dude. What are you so, talking about? So my take on Brock Purdy's <laughs> training camp was right. My issue and my mistake on what Brock Purdy was going to be was me writing him off and not thinking that he could do it in the game. But what's funny to me is there were days where Brock Purdy threw passes and you were like, he would throw it and I used running wide open and it would just die in the air. And, you know, Charveris Ward would come down with it or it would be somebody else. Would yeah, it would. And that is not used as a slighter Brock Purdy, but Trey Lance's performance in training camp and not in games is the reason why everybody's like, oh man, you had to you, you had to see him at training camp to know. Yeah, he was inconsistent because he needed reps. Yeah. But yeah, why does his why does his work out more? And then here's your final take on how also you know he's a gamer, right? Jimmy's a gamer. Brock's right. they, they, they they develop this gamer reputation. And so it all of a sudden nothing they do in, in practice matters. One more thing, and this is how you know the 49ers weren't like all the way in because I predicted he was gonna make the practice squad. Guess what? He did, and you know why he did. Because they brought back Jimmy Garoppolo. And if they thought Brock Purdy was that guy, they would have kept him on the roster and just cut Nate Sudfeld and just rolled with them too. But they didn't. Yeah, you didn't need Jimmy. But they did. In retrospect, they didn't need Jimmy. They wasted time on Jimmy. Brock should have started uh, week three or week one. One of the two. 
one it's of the two. Either he, either he was the guy who killed it, like some people say, and should have been starting week one, or he should have been the backup. No way he should have been QB three if you saw it's it. Fun. It's funny to me that everybody says, "Oh, they knew and they loved him." Well, if they loved him, they wouldn't have. They would have taken whatever they could get for Jimmy Garoppolo. They would have cut Nate Sudfeld, and they would have rolled with Trey and Brock, or, or kept Sudfeld on the practice squad, whatever yeah. it was. Like, it, of course, none of that lines up. And again, nope. the training camp. Please don't tell me anything about training camp if you weren't there. He or you were there not, for a minute and a half. Or like he was he there would be days where he would have three reps, legit three reps, legit. and just get off the field because they had mm -hmm. to give all of those to Trey because they were trying mm -hmm. to get him up to speed because he was the starter. Third stringers this, don't get a lot of reps, guys. This narrative those guys, that he was he was dominant is ridiculous. It's it's, it's most it's of the third stringers don't dumb. make the team, so they don't get that many reps. Nelson, thank you very much. Jonathan Sterling says, I don't know if you have, but can you rank the UDFA that you think are the best? Oh, uh, what's that young um, man's name? The running back. Um, Kalen Laburn. Yes. I've been calling him LeBorn. Is Laburn. Five-star uh, five recruit. Um, he definitely is the guy that, that I could see. That's why I'm glad he didn't take a running back this draft. Um, he's probably the Jordan Mason of uh, this yeah. team this year that, that's going to make the, the roster. He reminds me of Elijah Mitchell, but with a more of an NFL body. Uh, I don't know if he's as fast as Mitchell because Mitchell is very fast. Uh, Joey Fisher has – he's a project. He's a tackle who might need to move to guard or center. Maybe he could play tackle. I don't know. But he seems like a, a guy who could become a starter, but probably not. I mean, he has 32-inch arms. You tell me one starting offensive tackle in the NFL with 32-inch arms. I haven't checked, but I just can't imagine. One. No. No. I don't think so. On my way from home from working, suffering the effects of a GI infection from Mexico. On my way to La Sandwicherie. Oh, man. Sorry you got the sorry. GI infection, I'm but La Sandwicherie is the bomb. Love that place in Miami, dude. Have you ever? It's dope. Never. It's on no. South Beach. So it's really yeah. good. The professional guy says Niners need three franchise quarterbacks at this point. Kyle is banana hints. No, Grant, they gotta, they gotta, uh, they gotta trade Trey Lance, man. They're so they have four franchise quarterbacks right now. Brandon Allen, I mean, sleep on him at your own peril. That's Brandon, the next Gino, Brandon Allen. Brandon, Brandon Allen was the secret sauce to Joe Burrow. Don't sleep on him. That's the reason he actually Joe developed Joe Burrow single-handedly. Did you know that? Not, not, not Zach Taylor. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Taught him <laughs> everything he knows. All right, man. I'm done streaming for the day. Thank you, everyone, for watching and donating and donating your time and your money how you doing what are you doing the rest of the day weekend uh I, I, the lakers and warriors i think are tonight aren't they um that's right that's so right. that's that's big that's i'm right. probably gonna put some money down I, I don't know on what yet um because i bet the warriors in game one i kind of jumped right back in my face but uh my daughter's off tomorrow um so i don't have to take her go. to school but i'm i'm also you know for all the parents out there you know how this works she comes home with a cough i get the cough I'm the one who winds up getting way more sick than her. Yeah. And yeah, I'm fighting through it. Sorry. What are you going to do? I love my daughter. I have a prediction you, that the Warriors, are, <laughs> I have a prediction <laughs> the Warriors are going to stomp the Lakers tonight. Feels like one of, is, like what happened with the Boston and, and Philly, right? Yeah. Philly won game, the, wins game one. Philly, they got what they one. came for. They just don't even show up for game two. Get the thing out. is, is, and there's another way to look at it. And I really enjoyed what the Lakers did in terms of clogging the lane, even though that's not the Warriors game. They want to shoot a bunch of threes and everything as well, too. Um, but I do feel like some of those shots that LeBron took are probably going to go down this game Eventually. as well, too. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. you're you're kind of you're playing a dangerous game with them right now because if LeBron hits some of the, more of those shots, you're putting more pressure. And my goodness, Jordan Poole, what are you doing, dude? Like, what happened? What what was that? 
Do you not watch him very much? Because that's what he does every time he plays. Oh no, I I don't watch basketball that much. I just you know like during the time that that now I uh, you know it's in between like you know draft season and everything yeah. else is kind of now's a good time know. to watch. Yeah, now's yeah. a good time, and I'm betting a little bit more. I watched I watched that entire Kings Warriors series because that was a lot was of fun, fun, man. And I didn't know Kings and Warriors fans hated each other so much, man. There was I thought there was toxicity on 49ers Twitter. Who good knew? God, NBA I Twitter, know. Kings Twitter, Warriors Twitter. You guys are wild. The way I look at this Lakers nine, uh, Lakers Warriors series is that the Lakers, you know, they're very good, but they're essentially shooting twos, and the Warriors essentially shoot threes, and that's bad math for the Lakers. The reason they won Game One is they shot twenty nine free throws, which I know they shoot the most free throws in the league, but I have a feeling once this, the series gets tighter and deeper, pause. Uh, I think <laughs> I, I just feel like you're not gonna, they're not going to win a series. At the, I'm sorry, yo. Yo, Greg, you're not going to win. It. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you know what you, you know what you should do. I'm sorry. Like I, I, I hate to take away from your NBA take, but you saying that. So, do you know that Mason Cameron have a have a YouTube show about sports? Do they? Yes. Mason yes. Cameron. I, Mason Cameron. I, I, I implore anybody. Did they have beef for a while? They did. They they squashed it. They they nice. performed horsing. They por- they performed horsing Mason carriage Betta. for the first time. The first time ever at the Apollo Cameron Theater. Giles. I think like two months ago. Two months ago. But they have a show nice. called um. They have a show called It Is What It Is or something like that. Nice. Bro, Every if you take a shot every time that they say pause, you're done. <laughs> After 15 minutes of watching the show, like, uh, what is it? Mace goes, Mace says, um, I give it to Barkley. Pause. Whoa. And then Cameron's like, whoa, that's wild. He was like, I, was, I wasn't going to let you slide on that one. You, I'm telling you, you'd love that, Greg. If you got if you got the rest of the night on before that. I got to watch that, man. One Those are two of my favorite stupid. rappers of all time. Hell yeah. I love, love the it. Harlem rappers. You're gonna Battle B it. says Moxie. And gamer such mid key <laughs> Moxie, um, gamer, um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh baller, gritty. lunch pail, gritty, lunch pail, all gritty, all of those things. Gritty. They all fall into the same category. All right, I'm getting out of here before anyone sends any more donations. Thank you very much, everyone. Sorry I had to end the show on such a strange note. Uh, have a good one. Pause. <laughs>